Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Today's scripture is from Romans. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus died, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and has also interceded for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. Gracious and almighty God, we come striving to hear your word. And so God, I ask that you would speak, that we would experience you in this moment, that we would hear your words, because the words that I speak would no longer be mine, but yours. It would be your message for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you to have your your bulletins handy. It's got your compass guide, so it has your scripture passages for the week, as well as questions that you can reflect on uh, throughout the week. Uh, Just have those with you. It also has space in there to take notes, so that when the Spirit speaks this morning, you'll be able to jot those down so that you don't forget them. One other quick thing that I would uh, remind you of, and I haven't done this in, in quite some time, is that is that if you have a question at any given time during the message during the service, whatever it may be. My phone number is in the bulletin. You can text me that question. 
I might be able to get to it. I might not. We'll see what happens. Uh, but if you have something, you can certainly, uh, certainly offer that up. Uh, so, here we are. We are in the midst, uh, actually in the closing, uh, of our lavish series. Uh, and, uh, and so in this lavish series, we've talked about a number of different things with grace. We've talked about prevenient grace, which is that grace that reaches out and calls us back, calls us back into that relationship with God. Uh, so this is the prevenient grace that is with us at all times calling us back into this relationship. Justifying grace. Justifying grace is that moment that we decide to follow Christ. We make that decision for ourselves and we follow Christ. We are just as if I'd never sinned. This is this justifying grace. If you remember, we talked about it in the shape of a house last week, and prevenient grace was the porch where you just sit out and enjoy a wonderful, a wonderful iced tea as we sit in the, the glow of God's love. And then we make that decision to follow Christ and we enter into that door. So the doorway is justifying grace as we step in and we make that decision. And then sanctifying grace, which we talked about last week, was the rest of the house. The the rest of the house where we live all of our life in the grace of God as we work towards perfection. So, prevenient grace, justifying grace, sanctifying grace. These are the graces that we talk about. But today, it's all about obstacles. Obstacles to that grace. All right? So as we begin, I'm going to remind uh, many of you, and some of you have not heard this before, but, but I'm going to remind you that I am a second career pastor. That I spent almost 20 years in the construction, equipment, rental business. Uh, and during that time, I found myself surrounded by a lot of people uh, a lot of people who did not necessarily share my beliefs as a Christian. And if they did, it was probably more of a, a Sunday-only gig. There wasn't a whole lot of talk about God in certain circles. Uh, and so most of this time in the rental business was spent around the Rockford area. Uh, however, there was a stretch of time. There was a stretch of time that I moved my entire family. You see, I, I received an offer to work for, for Caterpillar, uh, and if any of you are from Caterpillar, this has nothing to do with Caterpillar, uh, but, uh, but this is where I, where I went, uh, and I actually went to Wisconsin. I moved to the Appleton, Wisconsin area, technically Menasha, uh, but you see, moving wasn't, wasn't quite the only real reason why I took this job, but when I, when I did, I realized that, you know, my wife... Both my wife and I had never really been away from family for that long of a time and at that distance. Three hours. That was something completely new to us. I mean, things seemed to go all right at first. I mean, the schools were really nice. We had Stephanie, and, uh, and she was getting ready to go into kindergarten. And, I mean, schools were great. The, the area was great. It was beautiful. The attractions were cool and, and new after growing up in Rockford for so many years. But the one thing that we failed to do when we moved up to Appleton was to find a church, to find a church home. We were still members of our home church, Beth Eden, back in Rockford, uh, but didn't feel this, this really strong urge to go out and find a church that we could worship at while we were there. My time, 
while we were there was spent around construction sites. The workers sometimes and and all my employees. All of this kept me close. And for those of you who uh, experience Wisconsin quite often, you'll know what I'm talking about. That a lot of this stuff happens around bars. A lot of it. I was trying to fit in with the crowd. I, I began drinking more. Staying away from home. Alienating my wife and child in a town where they knew no one. No one. They were on an island all alone, but I couldn't see it. The business relationships, alcohol, staying out late, clouded my better judgment. And to top it off, I wasn't going to church anymore. I wasn't having those life-giving experiences with God. And it didn't take long for Sherry to get fed up with it. After a late night out with the guys and not really remembering how I drove home, my wife let me know that she was going to go back to Rockford with our daughter. I had to figure out what was important, whether our relationship was worth saving. And then she left. Without realizing what I was doing, I was slowly, brick by brick, building a wall building a wall between myself and what really mattered most in my life. I built a wall between myself and my wife, between myself and my daughter, and between myself and God. You see, we need to realize that Christian life takes place in the real world, affected by the consequences of sin. We live in a fallen world, and there are many things that that compete for our attention. Obstacles to grace are common. We all experience them. Everyone at some point in their life, probably at any given minute during the day, will experience an obstacle to grace, a temptation, an action, and even an inaction. We all encounter these obstacles within our lives. But what truly is an obstacle to grace. It is anything that keeps us from enjoying the loving relationship that God offers to us in Christ. Anything. Now, that may not be the same for everyone. What tempts and distracts you may not affect the person sitting to your left or to your right. I kind of heard of it this way. Anybody ever sing into a piano? Because a strange thing happens when you sing into a piano. A melody or a certain note. As you sing that note into the piano, certain strings will vibrate. It's the strings of the note that you are singing into that piano. When we face our obstacles and temptations, they may only affect us because those are our temptations. Those temptations sing into our souls. And it may not affect the person to your left or to your right, but it affects you. 
That's why they unfortunately work so well on us. Because they're our temptations. They're the things that distract us. Sin is self-centeredness. Rather than God-centeredness. Almost always, sin focuses our attention on our individual needs, wants, and desires. We ask the question, what's in it for me? When was the last time you asked that? What's in it for me? Some have described sin as the big I, making myself the center of the universe and the standard for supreme goodness instead of acknowledging that God is the rightful center of all creation. You see, when I was spending all my time at the bar trying to create relationships, I was looking out for what was in it for me. I wanted to show that I was good at my job, that I could build a business, that I could be successful, and that I deserved a better position. You notice all the eyes in that statement? Nowhere did I acknowledge the gifts that were given to me by God. Nowhere did I thank God for the direction and the guidance to get me where I was at that point. Because as we know through provenient grace... God is still leading and guiding even when we are not aware of it. God was nowhere to be found according to my words and actions. Which brings us to our next point. Sin is alienation. The essential nature of every obstacle to grace is experienced as alienation from God and from others, even from ourselves at times. Again, it's when we focus more on ourselves than on others. When we focus on what we want more than on God's desire for our lives. When we turn our back to God. So the Greek word for sin is hamartia. Oop. Went right past that. Oop. <laughs> there it is. Hamartia. Hamartia, which, is, which actually is an archery term, it's an archery term, and it means to miss the mark or to miss the target. We can miss the mark in any given direction. We can aim too high, we can aim too low, we can miss it left or right. Sin is anything that causes us to miss the target of God's will for our lives. It is anything that separates us from the love of God and the love of our neighbor. You remember last week we talked about Christian perfection? And what we are striving towards, and according to John Wesley, it is having nothing but the love of God and the love of neighbor in our hearts. Sin is what separates us from that. I guess we could say that sin is anything that diminishes life. Sin can be in the abuse of any of God's creation, the land, the water, the air, plants, animals, and people. Genesis tells us all about this creation in the first chapter. It says, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, was very good. As Christians, we should want, what we should want is nothing less than the new creation in Jesus Christ. That new creation that is offered here in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in, oop, it just went right on by. <laughs> Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. The new is here. 
And that new creation is described in Revelation 21 when we hear about the new heaven and the new earth coming together because the old earth has passed away. Heaven comes down and meets earth in the recreation, and so we look forward to that too. But we have to realize that there are three primary obstacles to grace. There are obstacles that hinder our relationship with God. There are ones that get in the way of our relationship with others and ones that cloud our relationship with ourselves. And so let's take a look at these obstacles with God for a moment. What could those be? And the way I kind of see those is is, uh, anything that gets in the way of that relationship. We hear about some of these in the Ten Commandments. We hear about them other ways, other places through, through Scripture. One, idolatry. When we put something before God and we hold it up as an idol and worship that instead of God. You know, and there can be any number of things that you can put in there as your idol. Because as I said, it's very like these temptations. Your idol is your idol. And it may not speak as well as it does to others. Blasphemy. Blasphemy, taking God's name in vain. Tearing down God with your voice. Resisting God. You know, I did say at one point, everybody asked me, I said, how do you know whether or not it's God speaking to you? And I said, try telling the voice no. <laughs> I don't think that's quite the resisting God that we're talking about here. Because you're in essence trying to make sure that you're understanding God's word for you. Uh, but resisting God, just telling God, nope, I'm not going to do anything that you want me to do. And walking away. Ignoring God. Just not even listening. Disobedience to God. Unbelief of not believing what Scripture tells us. Not believing that God is there for us. Which is, I think, a little different than, than the doubt. Because the doubt is still in a conversation with God. It's still questioning and it's still trying to understand. It's in that process of belief. Ignorance just not reading Scripture, just not trying to understand what's going on. Here's one that I always had a problem with, pride. Letting pride creep in, because pride does sneak in. Pride sneaks in, kind of like, uh, <laughs> the way I think about this is, you know, you all been to those last potlucks, and somebody made a dish that was your dish, but they didn't quite make it as nice as your dish. You go, oh, I could have done that better. I could have done this better. Pride sneaks in. Sneaks in on you. Unforgiveness toward God and others. Unforgiveness toward God and others is an obstacle to our relationship with God. That God does tell us that if we do not forgive, then God doesn't forgive us. That is a hard verse to listen to. It's difficult to live into. Okay. Obstacles with others. Obstacles with others. Okay, some of these are pretty obvious. Murder. But remember, I think I've told you this before, murder is not just a physical act. You can murder somebody's spirit by harming them, by telling them that they're not worthy. Telling them that... that <laughs> Sorry, Kimberly, to take uh, some words out of your message, telling them that they're dumb, stupid, that they can't do things. That is murdering somebody's spirit. 
And that is an obstacle to a relationship with others. Addiction. Addiction and abuse is a horrible obstacle that gets in the way of so many things of loving relationships. Lying. There's no honesty within a relationship. Gossip. We don't gossip, do we? I hope not. (laughs) Stealing from others, uh, whether that's ideas or physical property. Coveting. Desiring what other people have. Laziness and dishonor. These are all obstacles that we have with other people. But then we can't go without talking about obstacles with ourselves. Obstacles with ourselves. Lack of love. How do you view yourself? Do you love yourself? God tells us that we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourself. If you don't love yourself, you're going to find it really hard to love your neighbor. Or you're going to love them in a certain way that they're probably not going to like. So how do you feel about yourself? Do you love yourself? Do you love who God created you to be? Because Psalm 139 tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that we are also know, we know that we are made in the image of God. We are a beloved creature of God. We are a child of God. How do you view yourself? Bitterness. Anybody have bitterness that they need to get rid of? Bitterness that you just want to let go but are finding it hard to to let it go? And spiritual blindness. Not seeing what God is doing in your life. I, I, I love the fact that we've been doing these 531 moments because I've talked with other people and as, they, and as they hear stories from each and every one of you, they start opening their eyes to the spiritualness of their lives. They see where God has been throughout their entire lives. The blinders have come off and they're no longer spiritually blind. They see almost every instance where they say, God was with me here and God was with me here. It's a beautiful thing. You see, during my time in Wisconsin, I found many of these obstacles were ones that I was experiencing. My relationship with my creator was falling apart. My relationship with my wife was disintegrating. I was distancing myself from them as well as all the friends that we had back home in Rockford. Even though I was gaining business acquaintances where I was, I couldn't have been more alone in my life. Everything that should be important to me was fading away. Now you might be asking yourself today, how can I overcome these obstacles? Maybe I, as I listed off that big old long list of them, you're going, yep, that one, that one, and this one. How do I get rid of them? How do I get rid of the bitterness? How do I get rid of the lack of love for myself? And you maybe even find yourself in a similar situation where I was. You may be thinking about which of these obstacles you have struggled with today and maybe which ones you're struggling with right now. And so let me give you some good news. Through Jesus Christ, we can overcome all of these obstacles to grace. As Philippians 4.13 reminds us that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So regardless of whether you find yourself in the middle of an obstacle right now or somewhere down the road, I need to tell you that you can make it through. You can make it through. 
because of the strength that we receive in Jesus Christ. I mean, thinking of a, a vertical line of a cross, you can see those as all the obstacles in our relationship with God. And Christ restores that relationship with God, allowing us to overcome those obstacles in our relationship. And in Christ, we remember our reconciliation. This is Jesus' ministry as it began with a call to repentance, offering forgiveness and giving us the promise of eternal life. In Christ, we remember our baptism. We are washed from our sins and receive this new life. We recover our identity as a child of God. We center our faith in the center of the cross of Christ because it stands as the most powerful witness to the central message of the Bible. God created us. God loves us. And God gave his only son that we might have eternal life. Let that sink in. God created us. God loves us. And God gave his only son that we might have eternal life. In Christ, we receive the power to walk in the Spirit. The Christian life is possible if we just accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. As we accept him as our model and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to lead us in our relationship with God. In Christ, we are able to resist evil and renounce the forces of the evil one. This is possible as we participate in means of grace. And then as we look at this horizontal line of the cross, it becomes the obstacles to others and to ourselves. And we're reminded that Christ restores our relationship with ourselves and with our neighbors. In Christ, we come to know the, the love of our true selves. When we finally get a glimpse of our true selves, God, the way God actually sees us, we become reconciled to ourselves. And then we're reconciled to our neighbors, which allows us to truly love one another, to live in peace and to seek justice together. Well, after about a week of being alone, things began to clear up for me. God was convicting me of many things. The many things that I was doing against his will for me. I saw how much my actions were affecting my relationship with my wife and with my daughter. I saw how far I had traveled away from my relationship with God. You see, I came so close, so close to throwing an incredibly good thing away. All because I wanted to fit in. Because I thought I wanted something different. Because my life got in the way of Jesus within me. It was all about me. What I wanted. What I thought I deserved. You see, I built my house on a pile of sand. And then the earth shook. The sand shifted. And I was lost. But God. God is like the shepherd who after losing one will leave the 99 to search out for the one. He is like the woman who loses a coin and sweeps the entire floor to search for the lost one. And God 
is like a father who runs to me when I finally return. He doesn't question what happened. He just throws a huge party to celebrate my return. Have you been to that party? You know, the one that is in your honor? Have you been to that party yet? You see, I may have been lost, but through the power of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness found at the foot of that cruel, torturous, yet wonderful and beautiful and majestic cross, I was found. I was forgiven. I was reconciled and sent forth with a renewed spirit to serve him with all that I had. The Christian life is a daily decision to take up our cross and to follow Christ. It is a life lived in the shape of the cross with appropriate attention given to our relationship with God and our relationship with others and ourselves. Let me tell you this as I close. There is always more grace in God than there is sin in us. Ever heard that before? There is always more grace in God then there is sin in us. Nothing, as Andy read earlier, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing. In Christ, we can overcome every single obstacle. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, I thank you first of all that that you didn't leave me where I was. God, that you guided me to this space. God, even more than that, God, I thank you for the ways that you have been speaking to all of us today. Where you have been calling out obstacles. And that you have called us to ask for forgiveness. And to let these go. Because these are things that get in the way of our relationship. Not only with you, God, but with, with each other. And so, God, let us remove them from our, from our life. Let us truly repent and receive the forgiveness that we are offered through Jesus Christ. God, thank you for this message. A message of hope, grace, and love. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask that you stand as you are able and join in our closing hymn. Closing hymn this morning is number 526. What a friend we have in Jesus. we get ready to go forth from this place. And I encourage all of you to join us in the community room following this the service as our town hall will begin shortly. Uh, but before we head out, just, just know that whatever obstacles you're facing today, that we can make it. Because Jesus gives us the power to do that. Through the power of the cross. You know, just as we just sang about what a friend we have in Jesus, are you, are you burdened? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Offer that prayer of, of confession, 
receive the forgiveness of God and the assurance of his salvation. And now, may you go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you, and it goes with you always. Amen.